Hey everybody, welcome back to Bina 007 Movie Reviews. And as you may be able to hear from my voice, hashtag LFFLurgy has struck. In fact, this year I may well have been patient zero in the iconic festival tiredness, everyone has an autumn cold lurgy. But I have some amazing movies to talk about. And I'm going to start off with The Bike Riders, which is the latest film from writer-director Jeff Nichols. And you may have seen films like Take Shelter, Mud, that got Matthew McConaughey an Oscar nom, I believe, Midnight Special, his wonderful docudrama Loving. I think, even as good as all of those films are, that The Bike Riders is truly his career best work to date. I'm sure he'll go on to do amazing things beyond this. It is a film of rare beauty, nuance and heartbreak. It really moved me. It was beautifully shot. And ever since I've watched it, I keep thinking about the themes it explores and the characters that I have taken to my heart. The film is based on a book by photojournalist Danny Lyon. And he was a documentary photographer, but also audio recorder, who did work in the late 60s and early 70s, documenting a motorcycle club in Chicago and the Midwest. And what this film does is it creates a fictional version of Danny Lyon and looks at the rise of this motorcycle club and it's slow morphing into a full-on violent gang, much to the horror of its founder and leader, Johnny, played by Tom Hardy, who you'll probably best know as Bane from the Batman trilogy by Christopher Nolan. The real star of the film, however, is Jodie Comer, who's probably still best known for starring in Killing Eve. She really is in an amazing role. She plays this working class woman called Kathy with a flawless Midwestern accent. And Kathy is a good girl who cannot resist the handsome, dangerous biker Benny, played by Austin Butler, who recently starred as Elvis. And really, this film tells the story through her eyes, her memories, and her giving her interview to the on-screen portrayal of Danny Lyon. For the first hour of the film, despite the occasional iron cross pinned to a leather jacket and the odd bit of really, really horrific violence, you just can't help falling in love with this gang. I mean, they're just a bunch of really goofy misfits and outsiders who love talking about motorcycles. They're really lovable. They have great banter between each other. You know, when they're goofing around, it's just lovable silliness. And occasional heartbreak. I mean, there's a character called Zipko, played by Michael Shannon, who appears in so many of Jeff Nichols' films. And he tells us the story about how when they were doing the Vietnam War draft, he really actually wanted to go. And he's a mechanic. He has skills. He answered all the questions correctly. But because he has long hair and a disheveled appearance, the army said that he was undesirable and that they didn't want him. And it's just heartbreaking. So you get to see how for these guys who've been rejected by mainstream society, this club is giving them society, it's giving them found family, a support network, loyalty, brotherhood. You can see its appeal. The problem is, is that as the film progresses, the club is a victim of its own success. 
the number of members increase, the number of chapters increase. So suddenly it's not just people, you know, from your little home suburb of Chicago, it's people from all over the Midwest. And it's impossible to know and vouch for each other. And also there's a generational shift. You know, we see the new generation of members come in. Some of them are coming back from Vietnam. They're completely psychologically messed up. They're self-medicating with drugs. And you also see the more violent organized crime element come in with people using. I feel that in the first hour of the film, although the gang were sort of unintentionally intimidating, riding around on their motorbikes, underneath it all, they were harmless. Whereas actually by the second hour of the film, the motorcycle gang, as it has now become, is using the fact that it is intimidating very deliberately, whether to intimidate women, whether to get into drug running, whether to get into organized crime. So the whole thing has completely changed. I really admire Jeff Nichols for having the confidence and the nuance to show us both the positive social aspects of the early club and then also the truly horrific dark side of the vandals when they become a true gang and some of the incredibly violent misogyny and violence that ensues. And sort of framing all of this as a narrative device is this argument of who is going to succeed Johnny. Tom Hardy's older, he's got a wife, he's got kids, he's got a real job. Who is he going to pass control on to? And he wants to give it to Benny, the Austin Butler character. But Benny, I mean, at one point you think he's a psychopath. He seems to be devoid of emotions. But he does not want to be beholden to anyone, not leadership of the club, and maybe not even his poor wife, Kathy. He always seems to be running away from things. And then there's this incredibly young generation who's coming up, and they all have the right to challenge Johnny for the leadership. So that's the kind of the arc, the arc of loss of control, really, that runs through this film. In its final passages, and I hope this isn't a spoiler, it really reminded me of the pathos and weariness of the older generation that you get from the amazing film, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. By the end of it, one wonders if these old motorcyclists like Johnny really want to continue. It's almost become a cult. It's become this sort of outrageously strictly observed membership that you cannot walk out from. Um, it reminded me a lot of, you know, when you hear stories about Scientologists trying to leave and being prevented. And I think Kathy makes the point really well where she says, you know, there's a huge irony in the fact that these are guys, outsiders, who never followed a rule in their life, seemingly incapable of following the rules of justice. And yet the first thing they do when they get together is create their own rules and police them with absolute ruthlessness. So I find this to be a film that is a compelling social document, asks us searching questions about how men in particular who are outsiders come together and get a sense of confidence and meaning. I think it's something that when we look at contemporary society and groups of American men from the working classes who are banding together in groups becomes provocative and relevant and resonant. But it's really heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. I mean, I think these characters really live with you. So kudos to Austin Butler, to Tom Hardy and to Jodie Comer. They do an amazing job. But most of all, to everyone involved in the production. The choice of location, the choice of costume, the hairstyles, the beautifully lush, warm, sepia-toned photography, the needle-drop 60s and 70s pop and rock tracks. They capture and create this atmosphere so beautifully. I felt absolutely immersed in this locale of the Vandals 
in their Chicago suburb. And it was a place I was really happy to be. I also really want to praise Jeff Nichols for creating what is quite a spare script and really giving his actors the space and the time to react to things using their faces, using their body language. So much is not said, but is expressed. And I'm going to come back with this when I talk about the movie The Killer in my next review. But there's something about one of the final scenes in this film with Austin Butler, who he gives such a massive performance, right, as Elvis. It's so big. It's so theatrical, befitting the character he's playing. But in this, you've got a character in Benny who barely feels or expresses emotion, allows himself to express emotion, I'd say, and does so little with words. And then you get these like shots of violence. But there's this final scene with Benny, and I would ask you to consider how much skill and nuance is in that performance and direction to leave you at the end of this film with such a sense of ambiguity about the nature of the relationship with his wife. And we will come back to this with The Killer. Um, So much of the films that we watched were about these relationships and what they do to the men. So Hitman, The Killer and Bike Riders, I feel, have a lot of commonality. So with that, I'll close it out. I think The Bike Riders is maybe, well, hands down one of the best films I've seen this year. It's incredibly strong. It is rated R. It played the London Film Festival 2023. It opens in the USA on December 1st. I would really urge you, if you possibly can, to go and see it on the big screen. So many of these movies are Netflix releases or Amazon Prime releases, but this film truly deserves to be seen on a big screen. The photography is exceptional and the sound design is beautiful. And I really think this is a proper, good, old-fashioned cinematic event. So please, please do try and watch it and do try and catch it on the big screen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that review. Whatever you're watching this weekend, I hope you have a great time. And thank you for listening.